Good Hello? afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon. Hi. Welcome to Capstone Podcast. Here's my guest, Vanessa Fuel. Vanessa, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself before we get, get going? Sure. Uh, uh, I'm Vanessa Fuel. I um, live in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I have been a social worker for um, nearly 20 years um, and working in kind of a variety of um, aspects of the social work field. So I've worked a lot of my time in behavioral health, um, but I currently work for the Larimer County Department of Human Services um, in the office that issues benefits to um, individuals who are eligible for food assistance, Medicaid, cash benefits, that that kind of thing. So that's well, me. First, first, thank you for doing that job and things that I take far more patience than I have. So thank you. <laughs> um, so 20 years of social work. Mm-hmm. You, and as I said, the podcast is on apocalypse and metamorphosis. Maybe I didn't even say that. But um, you've seen plenty of times where there were people, events, life situations that seemed cataclysmic and almost apocalyptic to individuals, groups, whole, you know, residents of an entire area. But then perhaps there's, so in the end it turned out to be perhaps a more positive thing, maybe not even more positive, just different. And that alone wasn't as bad as people thought. Does anything spring to mind? And it can be, you know, as abstract as you want. You don't need to name names, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think, our current state of the world is is uh, something that kind of comes to mind. I, I often wonder, um, you know, we're still in the middle of it. So I think from the metamorphosis point of view, we don't really know all of the, I think, positives that we're going to see from having had a global pandemic in our lifetime. Um, we've experienced some of it in some of our business processes, um, some of the ways that our clients are able to access us um, mm-hmm. right yeah. now, they don't need to come into a, an office building anymore, right? Like, even though they didn't need to be before, um, our office buildings closed. And so people needed to actually figure out how to access services in a remote way. And it has allowed us to kind of embrace a different population of people who might who might never be willing to come to our doors, um, even though they might need us. So, like that's one of the one of the bigger things I've seen. But I think, I think even more as I was thinking about this topic, I was kind of thinking about it in in the individual level. Um, so when people have experiences uh, within their own kind of micro life, right? My own life experience, and if they might have a tendency towards depression or anxiety, and uh, they have a breakdown of some kind that allows them to sort of, I mean, I hate the notion of like hitting bottom, but Mm -hmm. having a fallout in some way, right? That then forces them to reevaluate, reassess, realign, um, and maybe get some new supports in a new way, and then be able to come out a healthier more positive person after some type of intervention. So that's, I mean, I was kind of thinking about that from a behavioral health point of view, but that really is like the whole idea behind, <laughs> you know, behavioral right. health treatment. <laughs> and I and go basing it on that. I know you, you said that hitting bottom, I guess we also want to make sure we 
raise the bottom so that right. people, you know, are, are aware the help is there and hopefully get, get it earlier, earlier intervention Absolutely. before we have the cataclysmic. And I, you know, and I'm as much as anyone else, I will put it, you know, pain, put a pain off as much as I can and pretend things are a okay until they're not. And you're just like, fuck. Right. So, and I get it who, you know, and I'm, an advocate of therapy. I'm a, I've been, uh, so it's not anything like stigmatized, but it's still just, I don't know. I feel like it's that, I don't know if that's a male thing or a can do thing or just flat old denial. It's just interesting. how <laughs> Or all of the above. I mean, my husband yeah, well, and I, you know, having been advocates for behavioral health services, advocates for therapy, it's easy when it's somebody else, right? I can tell Absolutely. you, you should go get therapy. But then when it's my problem, it's like, well, I, I don't need that to get through this. I, Even though I I've been how, a therapist. I, I know how to handle it. <laughs> yes. I've been a therapist. I, I like, I'm the one who should know better. And I'm not always going to be the first person to like call my therapist and schedule an appointment because I, I need some, some support to get through. Right. It's like, right. I'm going to white knuckle through this until I just can't anymore. And that's what, that's what people do. That's our culture. I think too, that our American culture, <laughs> you know, to yeah. say, let's just, let's just push power through it. And um, I think it is in the breaking and then the cracking and in the letting go of that, like individualism and saying, I need some help that like you get to really change and evolve as a person, you know? Yeah. I do you think that might be, a little more a Western too, like us being west of the Mississippi, more of that can-do attitude. You, I mean, it's stereotypical, but you see the East Coast as, and it was Chicago, you know, therapy was like a given. Right. And yeah. out here, it does not seem to be. Not, uh, not nearly as much. And I do think, you know, Colorado has certainly embraced uh, like more of that Wild West culture in its upbringing as a state. And that's what's led to, I think, a lot of the fragmentation of the funding, how they organize behavioral health services at, by regions, um, and, and then what that does to a local community then when you're left with, we're receiving crucial intervention services out of town. We have to leave town to go get the high levels of care that people locally need. So I, I think the Wild West element has absolutely been a part of the way that Colorado has organized itself and is now then having to like reckon with that and say we over our last, I don't even know how long Colorado has been a state hundred years. We yeah. have kind of done this wrong. You know, when you look at other States like Midwestern States that sort of have more of a, I think socialistic, point of view. We're going to tax people who live here so that we can provide services to people who need them and make sure that people have the supports that they need. You know, right. Um, Colorado has come even, from a totally different point of view. Even though it's cheaper to handle it earlier, we never seem to get that. Right. Right. I mean, especially in this state, early intervention is key for everything. And I'm not trying to compare people's mental health to a road, but mm -hmm. Colorado handles both the same way. Uh, right. It's not that bad yet. It's fine. I mean, that's just <laughs> right. a personal observation. They, those things aren't that bad yet. Our infrastructure isn't totally going to crap. No, no, we're going to keep not voting for anything that'll fix anything. Yep. 
Larimer County took how many votes before they got the mental health district set? You know. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly two after two two votes, 2016 and then 2018, but decades worth of effort to try to figure out what to do before going to the option of asking for money from the voters. And those decades led to, you know, some kind of nice services, but they weren't addressing the people who needed the highest levels of care, which are the, as you said, they're the most expensive ones, <laughs> but there will always be people who need those. And I think that's sort of the other denial piece too. Like if we have enough outpatient, people will never need a, a, a residential or inpatient intervention. Well, some people are, there's always going to be some people who need that at some point in their life and having it available is what saves lives. That doesn't even, that doesn't even sound well. I mean, I, I, you know, second guessing. Of course, it's easy for me to do. But the saying that if we do enough outpatient, we'll never have inpatient doesn't even make, make any sense. sense. <laughs> I mean, you have try saying that about a you know a non mental health hospital. It's a hospital. Right. Hospital. Right. Now, yeah. You, you know, never need an ER because you have primary prevention, <laughs> primary uh, care. Yeah. But as it turns out, there's helicopter you know, pads on the roofs of all of them for a reason. So, yep. Yep. I just find that very interesting. I mean, we're fairly, we're getting better at it and still better than sadly a lot of the world. It's just so amazing to, it's weird when we, I know I like to complain. We were just discussing Colorado's take on it. We're still ahead of the curve internationally. Right. Which is hard to imagine. It is. But so I mean, I'm not talking about, developing countries that don't even have food and water, but right. there's some pretty advanced, you know, places that don't, that are still, you know, white knuckle, like you said. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, some a lot of those places, they, they cover it at the local bar. So. Right. That's, a, that's one way to cope with mental health. Which is a huge part of our culture too, that I think has been a hard, a hard, hard pieces to reconcile when you have, uh, you know, beer culture, breweries, it's part of, it's part of everything that we do and it's killing a certain portion of our population. There are certain people, there always will be an, an L and percentage of people who <laughs> experience addiction, experience a, a severe substance use disorder, and they need more than just, a drunk tank to sober up, but like need proper intervention to be able to be a healthy individual, you know, um, and, and having shipping, being shipping our people off to Weld County, um, you know, to receive those services then doesn't really allow for a seamless carry through then when they, okay, we've stabilized the individual and now they're sober and they're, you know, entering an outpatient treatment, let's say. Um, but we haven't really passed the baton very well. We've kind of just thrown the baton and hoped somebody picked it up to help support that person through the next phases of their recovery. And it's broken. It's been a broken system for a long time. And I think even our leaders have known that and, and have sort of been left scratching their heads because the way the state funding has been organized, they're like, what are we supposed to do? And and we're not the only community in Colorado that have this 
problem. Yeah. Other communities have this same problem. And to collectively, the counties were kind of knocking at the state's door and the state was like, well, this is how it's set up. And I think, I think after, unfortunately, th- this type of change takes way too long, has taken way too long. Um, didn't have to take as long as it has, but it's, it's definitely improving. And I think the state is taking more responsibility around, you know, opioid treatment, which is a a major step for our state, um, and really trying to reorganize behavioral health funding so that it's functional for local communities. Oh, you do see how, so at the state level, I have not seen it because I'm not plugged in like you, you do think the state of Colorado is picking up the ball a little more? I do. I do think that the okay. state is is trying to help and support. They're trying to bring in funding from other sources, you know, other federal dollars, and right. trying to increase the amount of funding that's going into those treatment buckets um, that come from local state dollars and then trying to support local communities in being innovative with the funding that we do have. What can we do differently? How can we reorganize? Um, I don't think it's perfect. I don't think Colorado is, is at, the, at the head of the list, but I think that they're working on it. And that's been kind of exciting to watch. No, I don't, I don't think we were, anyone, we're expecting to be the leaders of that sort of thing. So. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but like you said, you know, moving forward and, you know, the, the, the Larimer County itself having more, well, they're building a whole new building. So, no. Yeah, they broke ground. That was exciting. I, I just saw that. I just saw that. Very, very exciting. I still, it, to me, it's bizarre though, because I moved here in, for the, the 2016 election. And I just even remember watching an arts thing pass and various mm-hmm. things. And then it, and it didn't dawn on me until later on the the things in Fort Collins all passed, but the things that were Larimer countywide, there were those, you know, might be considered socialist programs, didn't pass very well. And then it took, you know, another two years. And fortunately, you know, there was a lot more effort. And sadly, there were some pretty high profile tragedies that came along with that, that right. I think might have impacted the second round of voting. But we got it. We're there. We're moving forward. So I'll stay positive on that. Um, well, do you have any last moment things you'd want to cover? Because we're running short of time, and I think we've had a great conversation. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Any last any last plugs for anything? I don't. I wouldn't even know what I'm talking about, but still. The only other thing that I wanted to mention when you yep. told me the topic was that initially I thought about the tower card in the tarot deck. That this notion is um has been around a long time right that and and again it can happen at the individual scale it can happen at the family level and it can happen in the much broader macro there is a global pandemic and i think that kind of continuing to keep our eye on what the positive outcome can be even when it feels high stress and hard and impossible um, there's always something good uh, around the corner if we're looking for it or willing to look for it. So I, I love this topic and I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to talk about it. And I appreciate you jumping on last minute, helping me save my grade. That's <laughs> much appreciated. Um, once again, thank you for your time and have a lovely afternoon. Thanks. You too.
拜。